Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Keys to Financial Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Marika Steimack. I'm an author, life coach, and app creator. We're going to dig deeper into the 40 simple concepts I've come up with in my book, Keys to Financial Confidence, Unlock Your Best Life. Here, you are going to finally figure out what living your best life means for you and how to set up your financial situation to get there. You are here for a reason, you want change, and you want to learn how. Let's dig in. Hey, everybody. I'm thrilled to have you listening in on this episode with Eric Weigel, the founder of Retire with Possibilities. As an advocate for helping baby boomers live healthier and more adventurous lives during their third age, Eric's insights and experiences are invaluable. In this episode, you'll discover the importance of having a retirement strategy, practical steps to start your retirement planning journey, and effective strategies to overcome any obstacles that may arise along the way. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Would you mind introducing yourself and telling us what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Eric Weigel, and I live in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm the founder and owner of Retire With Possibilities, which is a firm, an advisory firm and coaching firm that focuses on retirement issues. I love your website. So informative. I love your assessments that you have on the website. That was great. And you've got some great spreadsheets that people can work through in order to determine their retirement opportunities and possibilities. It's really great. How long have you been doing it? Well, I've been in investment business for over 30 years. So I started my career as an investment researcher and portfolio manager. And really about 10 years ago, I moved into the wealth management space And my focus on retirement has really been in the last like five years. And I became certified as a retirement coach. And now in my practice, I incorporate both the financial side as well as the non-financial side of people's lives. That's really cool. Why do you think we need a retirement strategy? Well, I think it's like anything else in life. If you don't know where you're going, you may not end up anywhere you want to go. So it's really like, You need to plan ahead as in all aspects of your life, but especially when it comes to finances, because there's such a lead time. So for example, somebody entering their workforce today, let's say they're 22, 23, they have a long time to retirement. But the reality is that most workers, at least in the US and globally, don't have defined benefit pension plans anymore. So saving is up to them. And at the end of the day, their retirement, the quality of their retirement, at least from a financial perspective, will be determined really by how much they're able to save and in how many years they can actually spend saving before they actually go into retirement. Yeah. And then how many years after they can stay afloat? Absolutely. Because most people today, for example, could easily spend 20 to 30 years in retirement And in fact, there's an interesting statistic out there saying that children born today, there's about a 50% chance that they will live to 100 years old. So imagine that. And actually, sort of my prediction is that working careers are actually going to be extended because it's hard to finance a 100-year life or let's say a 30 or 40 years in retirement 
based on 20 or 30 years of working. So it's really, it's interesting how longevity has a lot of benefits, but also brings in a lot of risks. So you deal with mostly baby boomers, is that correct? Correct, yes, because I'm a baby boomer. Okay. (laughs) Not a big baby, a baby boomer. (laughs) (laughs) And so is that what you call your third age? Yeah, third age, is it's a term actually that maybe in Canada it's used, but I know it started in Europe and basically is there four ages. The first age is from the time you're born till the time you're like about 18, and that's sort of your formative years, then 18 to roughly, let's say, your late 40s, 50, the sort of your big family career years. And after that begins your third age, which could span again 20, let's say 20 years, and then followed by your fourth age, which is sort of the age of physical decline. So that's the term that's used uh, primarily in Europe. I first heard that term actually from my aunt in Costa Rica, and it's called tercera edad in Spanish, which is a very interesting thing. But you do hear about it a little bit, even here in the U.S., among sort of retirement coaches, too. It makes sense to me. Why do you think it's important for people in their second age to be able to start thinking about retirement planning? Well, because there's something called compounding and sort of small gains compound to big gains over time. And I work with young people too. I have children, for example, adult children, and I try to help them with their own savings. And it's always a challenge, right? Because when you're sort of starting out or you're in the thick of your career and thick of raising a family, maybe upgrading your home, there are a lot of financial demands And the last thing that people do when they're really busy in their lives is to think 20, 30 years out into the future. But it's really important to get yourself into saving and investing habit. So you put any amount of money when tucked away, invested in a proper way, will actually amount to a large nest egg. And also the whole idea that to balance your income with your expenses I think it's something that a lot of people sort of get away with not doing, especially when they're working, because they think, oh, I got a bonus coming up next month, or I'll just take that for my next paycheck, or I'll put it on credit, I'll buy stuff on credit. When you're actually in retirement, you can't do that, right? There's no more wage income coming in. So you really have to balance sort of your cash flows. And if you learn how to do that when you're young, you have such an advantage later on in life as well. So it's like a disciplined skill that you get to practice and learn. If you start developing that habit in your second age, then it'll just be easy for you in your third age. I think it's the same as, for example, exercising or your health, right? If you start when you're retired to adopt a healthy lifestyle, it's not too late, but you've already missed, you've sort of done some damage already. If you start adopting a healthy lifestyle when you're young and do it throughout your whole life, you're going to reap the benefits over a much, much longer time period. That's good for my audience to hear. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I need to hear that. We need to exercise more. I have to remind myself of that too. Right? So I think there's also another big question. What are we going to do in retirement? We're going to retire. People want to retire, but yet they don't really have a clear idea of what they want to do. How do you go about figuring that out with your clients? Well, it's a real transformation that people have to go through because think about it. You might spend 
let's say, 30 years in your career, your identity is tied, in many cases, to your career and your family, raising a family, for example. And when that ends, what are you? Who are you? So I work a lot with my clients to try and develop what I call your future self, so which is your sort of your identity over the rest of your life. And I ask questions such as, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be over the rest of your life? What do you want to do? What are your dreams and aspirations that maybe you didn't have time to kind of work on during your, the heyday of your career? And finally, your why. And all three of those questions that you don't have to wait till you're retired to ask those questions. Those are important questions at any age, but I think they become extremely important when your identity, the identity that you've had for, let's say, 30, 40 years it's no longer sort of appropriate as you leave the workforce. So I think identity is something that people struggle with quite a bit. It's good to kind of prepare ahead of time and sort of not put all your eggs in, in one basket, which is your career, and start developing hobbies and friendships that go beyond just work relationships. Yes, I like that. That makes sense. Well, how do we get started? I think we get started one little step at a time. And I think the first thing that one has to do is really try to develop a sense, a vision for your future self. Once you have that vision for yourself, then at least you know kind of where you want to end up. And then it's really about, it's like that view of Mount Rainier or some big mountain that you have in a distance. And then it's just really just figuring out how to take one step at a time to close the gap, get a little bit closer. And that's really where habits come into play and lifestyle. So if you develop good habits, for example, we were talking about saving, that's a habit, right? It's putting money away and basically not touching it, investing it properly, exercising as a habit. All of these habits sort of compound over time to get you to the point where you actually can sort of reap the benefits of all of those cumulative actions. So I always tell people is the most difficult thing is to get started. Once you get started, make sure you continue. Are there any tools that can help us get started? Well, I think there are several tools, but mainly it's really self-discipline. It's a mindset. But one of the things that I do, for example, is journaling. I journal. And journaling is a great reminder when you start writing things, your goals down and you start writing sort of how you did. So I do a morning routine that involves journaling. I also do a nighttime routine that actually looks at how my day went. And that's sort of like keeping track and you don't have to be too hard about these things. But I think it's a good way to sort of just keep the streak going. In fact, Jerry Seinfeld, when he was a young comedian, there's this story that he practiced and practiced every day, and he had this little piece of paper, and he would put an X or a calendar, and he would put an X every day that he practiced. And his goal was never to break the streak. And I think that's actually a really useful way of looking at it. It's much more about consistency than about success every single day. Because there are many days when we don't feel like doing things. We still do them, but we may go to the gym. We may not do as hard of a workout or as good of a workout, but just the fact that we went to the gym kind of keeps us motivated. And success creates confidence, right? The more consecutive days that you do, that you perform a habit, the easier it becomes 
and the more confident you become in your ability to kind of continue doing that habit. So other than saving, is there any other habit that you could do to help you prepare for your retirement other than working out? I think mental health is something that's very important. So understanding sort of, I mean, there's a lot of stress in life and especially the stress is sort of exacerbated during those middle years of your career and family and sort of understanding that having sort of emotional balance and emotional agility to be able to deal with that stress is something that, again, is a practice that develops over time. So I think who you are throughout your life is when you retire, your reflection of that person that you've been over all those years. And so anything you can do to sort of manage your health, your emotional outlook is actually is going to, you're going to reap great benefits down the road. Wow. That's great. Where can we go to get started? Well, there's a lot of help on the internet. For example, there's their personal growth field is vast. There are many people that talk about personal growth. You can hire a lifestyle coach. You can hire, I'm a retirement coach. So I'm basically a lifestyle coach, but for baby boomers in retirement. But I would say there are plenty of people out there. There's plenty of help if you know what what you want. Just like their personal coaches when it comes to your fitness, their lifestyle coaches that can help you, their self-help, lots of self-help books out there. So I think it's really just having a mindset that you want to grow and you want to remain flexible and adaptable over time. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, even obviously talking with your financial advisor is huge, is key if you have one someone who is going to be able to give you that advice that you need with your investments. I know that you're talking about going beyond that, right? It's just understanding why you need the money that you need. So how much is enough? That's a great question. That's a question everybody asks, right? What's the number? And I always say the number depends on your lifestyle. And and the trick is not just having a lot of assets or having enough assets to sustain the lifestyle that that you're looking for, but it's really taking those assets and squeezing as much juice out of those assets. So turning assets into income streams. And I think that's where a lot of people sort of don't understand that when you go from an accumulation phase, you know, and you're just sort of building up your retirement balances, when you actually retire, you have to actually deal with the emotional aspect or the big change, which is now your balances are expected to go down because you're taking that money to fund your lifestyle. I think that's a very big change. And a lot of people are actually failing at that. And at least in the U.S., what we found in recent years is that a lot of people retire with a decent amount of money and they end up actually sort of leaving a lot of money behind because they're afraid of spending that. So that's kind of an issue. It's not an issue, obviously, that everybody has, but it's definitely an issue that people that enter retirement with ample financial resources, they also need to understand how to kind of spend their money on things that actually matter to them and give give them satisfaction. There's a rule of thumb called the 4% rule, right? So the 4% rule, if you had a million dollars, you could take out $40,000 a year and then inflation adjusted. So I think 4% is a little aggressive, especially because people are living longer. 
So let's say you ratchet it down to three and a half or three percent. So that's thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so you might have other sources of income. In the U.S., we have Social Security. So you add up your sources of income, and then you figure out, okay, let's say you arrive at a number that's $70,000, okay, and based on a million-dollar portfolio. So that's, let's say, $40,000 of Social Security, $30,000 from your retirement accounts. And this is very simplistic, very high level, but just kind of round numbers, you know, you have to ask yourself, can I live on $70,000? And if the answer is yes, then you're pretty set. There's a high probability that you'll do very well and you won't outlive your money. If the answer is no, I need double that, then you better get going and save a little bit more, invest better, or ratchet down your expectations of how much you're going to be spending in retirement. Oh, no, don't want to do that. <laughs> no, people don't like that. But if you address that question or if you deal with that question when you're young and you still have time, then you have the possibility of saving more or finding a side gig where, for example, you put the money you earn in your side gig, you put that aside, you find ways to create more income, maybe ways to save money over a long period of time. And compounded, that can make a big difference. The problem is if you ask that question one or two years away from retirement and you're not happy with the answer, then you have a problem. And then the answer is, for the most part, you have to ratchet down your expectations for how much money you can spend. Or continue working. Or continue working longer. A lot of people will do that. But a lot of times, for example, the average age in the U.S., retirement age in the U.S. is 62 years old. And about 40% of people retire at 62, even though they would have liked to have worked longer. Sometimes that's because of corporate restructurings, ageism in a workforce, as well as health issues. So you can't always anticipate that your job will always be there and you'll be making the same amount of money that you did. So it's actually better to play it a little safer, save a little bit more, be aware of your expenses during your go-go years, and then you'll be much happier later on in life. What other strategies, instead of investing or alongside investing, can you do to be able to secure a successful retirement? Well, I think I mentioned this before. I think the whole idea of a side gig, and side gig sounds a little temporary, but I think as a career or a work activity that you do on the side, that may eventually replace your primary career. Sort of you're investing primarily your time, but also some money in something that you truly enjoy. And you're in a sense testing to see if that activity can actually turn into your full-time gig. But I think that as people go through their working careers, it's really important to be somewhat diversified, spread your risk around a little bit, because job security is not what it was 50 years ago. So that side gig may be indispensable if there's a corporate restructuring. And you may not make as much in your job, but at least you have something coming in. You could start an online business. You could have real estate ventures on the side. You could do some consulting, some training. There's all kinds of activities that you can do while still sort of holding down the fort in your primary career. I look at the income side as an important, you know, as opposed to savings is sort of the residual from your primary earnings. 
But I also think that, and Ramin Sethi is one that always talks about sort of the idea that don't just focus on your expenses or how much you're saving. Focus on making more money if that's what you're looking for. So be looking for those opportunities. Where can people find you? I can be found on retirewithpossibilities.com. Also on LinkedIn. So you can search for, you know, Eric Weigel on LinkedIn. And I also have a Facebook page for the company. So those are three avenues that it's pretty easy to find me in terms of if you go to one of those three places. Thank you so much for being on the show and for all the valuable information. I feel that our audience has a little more insight in what we need to be doing in order to retire and have a set retirement plan for ourselves. So thank you very much. No, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode on Retirement Talk with Eric. We hope his insights have inspired you to approach retirement with excitement and confidence. Don't miss the next episode where we discuss some awesome stuff like fun accounts and what that truly means. For more retirement planning resources, including thought-provoking questions and a handy retirement calculator, visit my website and blog at www.thefinancialconfidencecoach.com. Now it's time to engage in some meaningful retirement talk. <laughs>